on the same day, at the same time, the boy was standing in Little Lee, when he was met with that familiar voice which immediately made him turn around. And right upon setting his eyes on her, the boy knew it was Miss Jolene. But in a most unusual way, she looked very different than what he was expecting. Can't quite explain it because she hadn't changed much at all over the years, but I guess time has a way of altering our memory of people. Well, anyway, after they had gotten through the warm embrace of reconnection, Miss Jolene explained that she had been eagerly expecting the boy's return. The boy's parents had managed to stay in touch with her over the years. And as Miss Jolene elaborated a bit more on that, she walked into the other room and brought back a shoebox and handed it to the boy. The boy just looked up at Miss Jolene, and then he opened the box to find a collection full of letters, pictures, snapshots of what the boy had been up to over the years since leaving Little E. As the boy rummaged through the box and picked through some of the letters written by his parents, he came across a photo which struck him with intrigue. A photo full of children. Some just itty-bitty, and some much older. He didn't really recognize a face in the crowd until he found a young lad who he was quite familiar with. The boy himself. And then, he couldn't quite believe how he'd forgotten, but standing there on the opposite side of Miss Jolene was Miss Judy. The boy looked up at Miss Jolene, and she looked right into the boy's eyes and gave a patient smile before explaining to the boy that unfortunately, Miss Judy was no longer with us. After embracing a moment together in remembrance of Miss Judy, they started to show around a bit more, and as they roamed the halls, this would inevitably stir up the callback of memories from long ago. But it was all a bit hazy for the boy. After all, he had been quite a young chap when his parents brought him home on that one particular spring day from way back when. As the boy inquired further about the other boys and girls in the picture, Miss Jolene did her best to express what she knew of their circumstances. Some, just like the boy's parents, had managed to keep in close contact. But the majority of them, she simply didn't have an updated picture of where they were and what they were up to. Such was the nature of her vocation. And then all of a sudden, the doors burst open from the back of the house and kids just came flooding in from the frosty outside, leaving behind an erratic trail of snow tracks as they headed inside. As the boys and girls rumbled in, they seemed to all have a unified cadence and understanding about what was to come next for the group. They headed straight for one of the only open rooms in the house, probably the only room in Little Lee, which had that spirit of invite and warmth. And the boy followed the boys and girls as they plopped on the couches and got warmed by the fire that waited for them, as they waited for the next thing. And as the boy turned the corner, he was greeted by something which immediately sprung excitement in him, the sight of a big, bright, beautiful dandelion, or at least quite an eye-catching painting of one, which hung up right above the fireplace. But the painting was a bit more than just an ordinary plant that springs up unwelcomed in your lawn, for I think you could picture it. A big old lion's head encircled by yellow leaves as its mane. Exactly the way he always pictured them as a young lad. As the boys and girls were getting comfortable in the dandelion room, Miss Jolene interrupted the boy's fixated state and explained to him that she could use a hand in the kitchen. So after getting a delicious treat together, Miss Jolene and the boy took no time in serving it up to a welcomed reception. This moment couldn't have lasted for more than mere minutes. 
but as the boy handed out hot chocolate to the boys and girls at Little Lee, he made sure to take it in, introduce himself, get to know those that were willing to be known, and look into their eyes, and just be fully present as one of them. The boy felt a swift sadness for those that seemed to not really care all that much, and just impatiently moved on from thing to thing. He felt a tough, callous edge from some of the older ones, almost as if experience had taught them that betrayal, distrust, and disappointment were inevitable, and the only thing reliable in this life. And then there were the ones with hope in their eyes, a real, living, active hope. Those that spoke and looked in such a way as if to say, that regardless of how things had gone up to this point, rightness would have its way and win in the end. Not because it's what they had witnessed to be true, or necessarily had any lived experience which could give evidence to it, but because it's what they believed to be true. It's what they hoped to be true. And that hope, that belief, well, it completely rocked our boy pierced him right through an open wound for perhaps the rest of his life because he couldn't stand the thought of such a hope being forsaken and so it happened the boy grew to the age of becoming a part of something much much bigger than himself and as the time approached for the boy to leave for the day he made eyes with Miss Jolene, and tears started to fill both their eyes. The boy knew that Miss Jolene was feeling, and had felt for many years, exactly the same thing. Hurt. Frustration. But ultimately, hope. The same hope that the boy felt. And on that day, I believe, without ever making any audible profession, but just with their eyes, they took an oath with one another. As the boy headed home with his dad, just looking out the window, staring into the snowy landscape, and the stars scattered night sky, they both just stayed quiet. Not because they had nothing to say or talk about, but I believe with a lot on their heart and mind, quiet just seemed right. And as his dad pulled into the driveway and put the car in park, the boy looked to his dad and uttered three words, which went a lot deeper than the actual utterance of the three words. Dad, thank you. His dad looked at the boy. Happy birthday, son. And as they got out of the car, the boy came to a sudden realization that he felt pretty exhausted. A good kind of exhaustion. Perhaps a heavy day, but the kind when you know it was a day well spent. The ground was indeed tilled, and good seed got planted. And as they headed inside to darkness, the boy's dad kicked on the light. And then they were met with a very theatrical and startling surprise from the boy's friends and family. To name just a few who were present for this one, there was the Wait You Too friend, his funny uncle with a boat, and for the first time, even the friend who came and went. And there was food, 
and there was cake, and there were presents, like any good birthday gathering would have. But after everyone said their goodbyes and headed home for the night, the boy couldn't wait to hop in the hot shower and get in his PJs. And when he came downstairs, he was met with a most welcome sight, a warm fire and a dog. But not just any dog. This was the boy's dog. And a lot more like the boy than you might know. For as the boy plopped down by the fire and the dog hopped onto his lap, he thought about his best friend and where he came from and how they found each other. On this same day, just a few years back. You see, the boy's dog was a bit of a wanderer, a bit of a drifter, just like the boy himself. A fact that no doubt only strengthened their bond over the years. And the boy thought about his day, a day marked by a sort of sacred significance, a day the boy would never forget. And it had just about nothing to do with the fact that it was his birthday.